What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joe Amalari. So yesterday was the start of the NBA playoffs. Obviously, the play-in tournament happened earlier this week. Tuesday, Wednesday, there were some games, and then the play-in tournament, uh, seven versus eight loser, was playing the winner of the nine versus ten game on Friday. Unfortunately, I didn't end up getting to record an episode before the game one of the first few games of the playoffs yesterday. So. I'm still going to give you guys all my predictions for the NBA playoffs. I'm just going to give you what my predictions would have been regardless of what happened in yesterday's games. I did make a bracket on NBA uh, Pick'em Challenge online, the Pick'em Bracket Challenge. I made a bracket on that Friday night. Didn't end up getting to record an episode, unfortunately, but I'm going to give you all my picks from that and what I had in each series. So starting off, the Denver Nuggets, the one seed in the West, facing the Minnesota Timberwolves, who won the 8-verse-10 play-in game. Uh, against the Oklahoma City Thunder on Friday. Really big win there for Minnesota. Minnesota looked great with their big men. Kyle Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert played great in that game. Both of them were finding ways to score against Oklahoma City, who didn't really have enough size to really match up with those two guys on the floor at the same time. They took advantage of Oklahoma City's young talent and limited height, end up winning that game, and now they are facing the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets, the most efficient offensive team in the NBA. Going to be a tough time for the Minnesota Timberwolves, but I think the Timberwolves could steal a game or two, and I do think the Denver Nuggets do win this series probably rather easily, maybe five or six games, but since I like Anthony Edwards, I'm a big Anthony Edwards fan, and I like Conway Towns as well, former Kentucky star, and then Anthony Edwards, I liked coming out of college. I'm going to go with the Nuggets beating the Minnesota Timberwolves in six games. I'm going to give the Minnesota Timberwolves two wins there, though, in that series. Next up, we have the Phoenix Suns versus the LA Clippers, four versus five in the West. The Suns, since they got Kevin Durant, when Kevin Durant's on the floor, they have an 8-0 record. So obviously they've been a tough team to beat with Kevin Durant healthy. But I think the difference making here in this series is the Clippers' depth. The Suns don't really have much depth on their bench. They obviously had to trade Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges to try to land Kevin Durant. They ultimately ended up doing that at the NBA trade deadline. Very good move. They immediately became the one or two favorite in the West to win. When you got Kevin Durant, a player that's been one of the best players in the NBA for the better of the last 10 to 15 years, obviously your chance of winning the NBA Finals is going to go up. So the Clippers have a tough draw here with starting line with that starting lineup for the Phoenix Suns. DeAndre Ayton, then you have Chris Paul, you have Torrey Craig, you have Kevin Durant, and you have Devin Booker. But here's the difference. Obviously Paul George is going to miss at least the start of the series, they're saying. Probably, ultimately, will miss the entire series, I'd imagine. But as of now, going to miss the start of the series. So that's a big difference maker there. But the Clippers' depth, that's where I think the Clippers can win this series. If you look at their bench, Terrence Mann, Bones Highland, Norman Powell, those guys have to come off the bench with a spark, including Mason Plumlee as well. He has to come off the bench and, and give them good minutes when Evita Zubats is out. But the Clippers' X factor is going to be their depth. Can they find a way to score the ball with Kawhi Leonard on the bench? That's going to be the biggest difference maker. And there's one thing that I know for sure about this Clippers team. There's one thing I know for sure. They started to play better basketball towards the end of the season. Obviously, with Paul George's injury and with him going down, that was a big, big loss. But they still found ways to win games towards the end of the season. They started playing that scrappy basketball with high energy and high octane on offense and defense, hustling for every loose ball. They started getting back to that clipper mentality that they had over the last few years. So I've seen a different basketball team from the Clippers since the NBA trade deadline. I have a lot of trust in this team. Everybody knows I'm the biggest Clippers fan. Probably anybody knows. I mean, there's not many Clippers fans around in Boston, so I don't know too many Clippers fans, but 
Everybody that knows me knows I'm a diehard Clippers fan, so I'm going to take them in this series. I'm going to take them all the way. I don't really care at the end of the day. If they were to lose and I am dead wrong, hey, that's fine. I'm never going to doubt this team because of how much I love them. That's just a reality. I love this Clippers team. I'm going to ride with them all day. If they win, I win with them. If they lose, I lose with them. When they fall, I fall. When they go up, I go up. That's just a reality. That's just how it is being a diehard fan of the New York Giants and the LA Clippers. When they win, I win. When they lose, I lose. That's just a reality of how I feel. I have the Clippers winning this series in seven. I think it's going to be a dogfight, but I think their depth, I think their depth is going to be very key. The Clippers bench is huge. If you look at the Suns bench, whether it's Torrey Craig or Josh Akogi starting in that lineup, and then they have a couple guys off the bench, true, Landry Shamit, and a couple of the pieces. But I think the Clippers can find a way to win this series. I really believe they can. Everybody's doubting them, and I think the most dangerous team, and I've mentioned this a million times on my radio show and on this podcast, the most dangerous team to play against is a team that everybody expects to lose because they're already playing with house money, just being in the position they're in. Everybody's already counted them out. So they have nothing to play for except just to play for themselves and try to win. Everybody's expecting the Clippers to lose this series without Paul George. Nobody's given them a chance, and that's why I think this Clippers team can win this series. I truly believe it. So I'm going to go with the Clippers winning this series in six or seven games. Ultimately, I'll probably just go seven games just to play it a little bit safe. I think the Clippers win this series. I'm going to have them winning in seven, although I'd like to say six games. But I'm going to go with seven. Consider Kevin Durant is such a big addition when he's on the floor. It's going to be hard to put Kevin Durant away in six games. I'm going to say the Clippers beating the Suns in seven games. If you look at the Suns, though, Devin Booker hasn't been shooting great from three as of late. Chris Paul hasn't been the scorer he once was. He hasn't been shooting great from three either, but he's still a great facilitator and still is one of the best players in the NBA at fighting the wide-open players and just making things work on offense. He's a great facilitator. Devin Booker, as I said, has been struggling shooting. Kevin Durant has been elite when he's been on the floor for them. I mean, I really, really can't complain about Kevin Durant's ability. He's one of the best players in the NBA, a top-three talent in the NBA, and one of the best one-on-one players in NBA history. He's just really tough to cover in, in open space. But I think if you put a guy like Terrence Mann on him, try to slow him down a bit, maybe switch it up, have Kevin Durant on him as well, I think that would definitely help. I think Terrence Mann, when he's on the floor coming off the bench, I'd love to see him up against Devin Booker. I think that could be a big addition to that Clippers bench if they could find a way, when Kawhi Leonard's not on the floor, find a way to force turnovers and force the Suns to miss shots. That'd be a big, big X factor for the Clippers. They could find a way to force turnovers and generate offense with Kawhi Leonard off the floor. And I think if Terrence Mann could cover Devin Booker, I think that can make a big difference. You're going to have to try to find a way to make these guys uncomfortable, though. You're going to have to find a way, you have to find a way, I should say, to make these guys uncomfortable. So I'm going to have the Clippers winning in seven games. And if they can just find a way to win one game in Phoenix, whether it's game one or game two, I have a really good feeling about this series. I really do. I have a really good feeling about this series if they can just find a way to win either game one or game two. Marcus Morris is coming back. He missed the last few games of the regular season with COVID and then had another injury as well towards the end of the season and didn't play probably the last five or six regular season games. He will be back but won't be in the starting lineup, I don't believe. I still believe Nick Batum will still be in the starting lineup there. Eric Gordon's been a great addition since the trade deadline. Bones Highland's been great. Plumlee's been great. And I think if you look at this Clippers team from where they were in January versus now, it's a big difference. Obviously, those additions at the trade deadline are huge, but then just their mentality, their hustles back. Their relentless defense, their effort, their energy, everything's up. So I'm going to go with the Clippers winning this series in seven games. Next up, we have the Sacramento Kings, the three-seed, facing the six-seed Golden State Warriors. The Warriors have been struggling on the road all year. I know a lot of people 
have the Warriors winning this, and I wouldn't consider it even an upset since most people, I guess, are probably picking the Warriors at the end of the day just because of their experience. Obviously, Steph Curry is one of the best plays in the NBA every time that the playoffs roll around. He's constantly making plays. He's in the head headlines just from drilling threes from half court and going on 8-0 runs where he's hit two threes and having a big layup. So I understand, obviously, the firepower in Golden State. They're getting Andrew Wiggins back after he missed the last 25 to 30 games of the regular season with some personal issues. Hopefully everything is good there with him, and hopefully he gets back on the floor and is making plays for Golden State, wishing him nothing but the best. But I think the biggest thing in this series becomes a question of experience versus inexperience. The Sacramento Kings don't really have much experience in the playoffs. If you look at their young core, it's a lot of guys that have been in the NBA only for the last two, three, four, five years. And then you look at the Golden State Warriors, four NBA titles, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. I mean, they, they just have so much talent. So it might be tough for the Kings to beat the Golden State Warriors in this series, but I'm the biggest De'Aaron Fox fan. He had the most points in the NBA and clutch time this past season. So I'm going to roll with the Sacramento Kings in this series. I'm going to take them winning this series in six games. I might be wrong here with this one. And even though I do appreciate Steph Curry's greatness and I root for him to do well, I'm the biggest De'Aaron Fox fan, so I'm going to roll with the Sacramento Kings winning this series in six games. The Kings found a way to win game one with 38 points, five assists, three steals, and four of eight shootings and three out of De'Aaron Fox. And Malik Monk had 32 points off 14 of 14 shooting from the free throw line. Sabonis struggled yesterday shooting, was five of 17 from the floor. That trade was over a year ago now. That ended up working off of both teams. Indiana gets a young all-star guard at Tyrese Halliburton, who has a great future. And Sacramento got the forward that they needed to pair with De'Aaron Fox to help him on offense and also on the defensive end as well. You got Harrison Bonds there. And then you also have a couple other young pieces on that team, whether it's Davion Mitchell coming off the bench and making plays, whether it's a guy like Keegan Murray, who's been shooting threes very well for them, a rookie top five pick in the NBA draft last year out of Iowa. And you also have Kevin Hurd as well, who's been shooting well for them uh, from three-point range this year. But then you look at Golden State, right? They obviously have the experience, have a great head coach in Steve Kerr. Mike Brown was the NBA coach of the year. He's the coach for the Sacramento Kings. This is their first playoff berth in 17 years. They've been hungry to win. And that's one thing you can't doubt for this Kings team is how much that their fans want and how much the Kings want it. I mean, that city of Sacramento has just been waiting for a team to take them to the playoffs. They haven't been in the playoffs for 17 years, the longest drought in all of active sports. Playoff drought. The longest active playoff drought in all of sports. So I'm happy to see them in the playoffs. If you look at the other side, you have Steph Curry, the Golden State Warriors, who are the reigning NBA champions and have won four NBA titles in the last eight years. So it's hard to put a team like them away. But if you look at Sacramento, they've just been a team that's been an underdog in the NBA, a team that's been the laughing stock of the NBA over the last 15 years. And when you've been a team that's been expected to never make the playoffs, and now you're finally there, you're going to be playing with a different spark than you ever have. And that's why I think this Sacramento Kings team is going to be different. If you look at it, there have been 12 coaches for them since the last time they made the playoffs. There's been 1,358 games since their last playoff game. They've used 184 players during their playoff drought. And they've scored 142,294 points since their last playoff game. Which is nuts. With 843 losses. And there have been 1,384 playoff games in the league since Sacramento's last playoff game. 
which is absolutely nuts. Their last playoff game was on May 5th of 2006. May 5th of 2006. And this comes from an ABC10 article. So, obviously, this is an easy team to root for because they've just been an underdog, and I'm a huge De'Aaron Fox fan. So I'm going to have them winning this series in six games. Next up, we have the Memphis Grizzlies, the two-seed, versus the Los Angeles Lakers, the seven-seed. The Lakers turned it around towards the end of the season after the NBA trade deadline. Picking up D'Angelo Russell was a great addition. Rui Hachimura has been great. Adding in pieces like Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley have been very good as well. I'm going to have them winning this series in six games. I think Memphis, they have a good team. I just don't think this is their year with Brandon Clark being out for the year and Steven Adams being out for the year. They really don't really have a great second or third option, I guess. Obviously, John Morant's a great talent. And Jaron Jackson Jr. is great as well. Could have been Defensive Player of the Year this year. But then you look at their third best player, and it's probably Dylan Brooks. I would say Luke Kennard, but Dylan Brooks definitely gets more shot attempts. I just don't think it's this team's year. And if you look at the L.A. Lakers, you have some great pieces over there, including LeBron James, who is now in year 20 in the NBA. And he's actually 14-0 and in the first round in his whole entire NBA playoff career. So I'm not going to go against LeBron James here. And obviously, Anthony Davis who has struggled with injuries to the better of the last two or three years now. He's been playing very good basketball for them when he is on the floor. Then they have some other pieces as well, including Dennis Schroeder, who hit the biggest three-point attempt for them the other night. They were in that NBA play-in game versus the Minnesota Timberwolves and got a huge three out of Dennis Schroeder, who had a great game. I actually predicted Dennis Schroeder to have a big game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And he came up huge, 21 points, including three out of, three or four shooting from three. And give them a big spot, including what should have been the game-winning three-point attempt with about a second or two to go before Anthony Davis made a stupid foul against Mike Conley in the corner. Mike Conley gets three free throws, ties the game. But Dennis Schroeder played great. I think he's going to have a good playoff series for them as well. And then you have some other pieces that I already named, D'Angelo Russell. So I'm going to go with the Lakers winning this series in six games. Next up, we have the, which I guess I'll do the Eastern Conference now, the Milwaukee Bucks versus Miami Heat. I'm going to have Milwaukee winning this series in six games. I mentioned the other night in my radio show that Jimmy Butler is just a different player every time the, that the playoffs roll around. He turns into one of the best players in the NBA. He's already a great talent. Jimmy Butler's already a top 15 to 20 player in the NBA talent-wise. But when it comes to the playoffs, he turns into a top five player in the NBA. I think he's going to make it tough on Milwaukee. With Chris Middleton being back this year for the playoffs, that's a big addition for them. Drew Holiday's been great defensively. Middleton hasn't been great as, de- as great defensively as he has been in years past but obviously still coming back from injury, so it's definitely not as easy. Giannis, unstoppable. He's been great for them. I'm going to have the Milwaukee Bucks winning the series in six games, although I am rooting for Miami to make this a competitive series because I'm a big Tyler Hero fan. I love Jimmy Butler. I'd love to see them go on a playoff run. But with them having to face the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round, that's just tough. If they could have faced the Celtics, it could have been different. I think the Celtics would still beat them in a series. But I think they would have had a better shot against the Celtics with how the last few playoffs have gone the last couple of years, it's always been a good battle against Miami. I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks winning this series in six games. Next up, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers versus the New York Knicks. Game one of the series took place yesterday. Big win for the New York Knicks. I had them losing this series in six games. And ultimately, it came down to the Cleveland Cavaliers' depth. I was worried about Julius Randle being 100%. Coming back from ankle injury, it's never easy stepping back on the floor, especially in the playoffs, and having to put up probably 35 to 40 minutes. Played very well yesterday, though, and the Knicks found a way to win that game. So very impressive showing for them. 
I was taking Cleveland to win this series in six games. I'm going to stay with it. Obviously, as I said, to not get to record before the playoffs began. So obviously my predictions in every series is based off of what I thought before the series began. And the only one that I guess most people would probably change around is the Sacramento Kings one and the Golden State Warriors one. Sacramento is actually no longer the favorite in the series. I believe before game one they were, and now the Golden State Warriors are actually the favorite to win the series. But as for the Cavaliers series versus the Knicks, I love what the Cavs have done over the past year. You add in a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who's one of the best players in the NBA, just takes over games when he's locked in. He's been shooting great from three. He had a very good game yesterday. He's not the reason they lost that game. I think it really just came down to playmaking besides Donovan Mitchell. And the Cavs just really didn't get lucky. Evan Mobley wasn't really helping out on the offensive end. He had a really poor game offensively. What They weren't really getting the best possessions on defense either. Jalen Brunson was getting to the paint at will with Chetty Osmond on him. I do have the Cleveland Cavaliers winning this series, though, in six games. I'm going to stay with it. That was my prediction. So I'm going to stay there. Obviously, big steal of a win, though, for the New York Knicks in game one. I just worry about the Knicks, though. I think with Emmanuel quickly and Quinton Grimes probably having to take more shots, even though Julius Randle did play yesterday as full minutes. I do worry about his ankle, though, over the whole entire series since you have to play just about every other day. And I think if he's going to take less shots, it's going to be on Emmanuel Quickly and Quinton Grimes to step up and make plays. And those are two guys that have been, have been making plays all year. Quickly's been great off the bench, and then Grimes has been a great three-point shooter over the last month or two now for the Knicks. I'm going to have the Cavs winning this series in six games, though. I just think their depth and what they've added over the last year, adding Donovan Mitchell, taking Evan Mobley and Isaac Okoro in the draft in the last couple years. And then you also have great paint presence in Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. And hopefully Evan Mobley has a better game than he did yesterday. I'm going to take the Cavs winning this series in six games. And I'm also a big fan of Darius Garland. I actually like both teams a little. I'm, I have some players on both squads that I'm a fan of. But I'm going to roll with the Cavs winning this series in six games. Next up, we have the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Brooklyn Nets. Game one of this took place yesterday with the Sixers winning that game rather easy. I have the Sixers winning this series in four games. Joel Embiid is just going to be too much for Nick Claxton in the paint, in my opinion. Then you have Tyrese Maxey and James Harden making plays as well. Two of the better offensive guards here in the East. So I'm going to go with the Sixers winning this series in four games. But Brooklyn, I believe they were 11-13 since the Kevin Durant trade. They did find a way into the playoffs, though, when they are the sixth seed in the East. It's a tough draw, though, playing Joel Embiid in the Sixers. Although Mikel Bridges has been terrific for them since the NBA trade deadline, I just don't think they have enough with that team to beat the Philadelphia 76ers. Spencer Dinwiddie's been great passing-wise. He's been finding the open player just about every game, getting 8 to 10 assists. He's been great playmaking-wise and as a facilitator. And then you saw the pieces off the bench in the starting lineup as well. Patty Mills, Joe Harris, just to name a few. But I don't think it's really enough for them to even steal a game in this series. I'm going to go with Philadelphia winning this series in four games. Then we have the Boston Celtics, the two-seed in the East versus the Atlanta Hawks, the seventh-seed in the East, who won actually their play-in game against the Miami Heat. Didn't really expect that when I had the Heat winning that game, but Atlanta found a way to win that game, and ultimately now they drew the Celtics, and it's a better matchup for the Celtics than the Celtics obviously having to face a team like the Miami Heat. So it works out for the Celtics more than anyone else, I believe. I'm going to have the Celtics winning this series in four or five games. I guess I'm going to go five games just because the Celtics didn't really finish the season on the highest note. I think they were just waiting for the playoffs at some point. I think they were just already locked into 
resting up and getting ready for a big playoff run. And that can obviously hurt a team. Obviously, they did get a win yesterday and found a way, even though they were up by 30 at halftime, they're up 10 after the first quarter and then outscored the Atlanta Hawks by 20 in the second quarter, being up by 30, and then they only win the game by just about 15 points. They didn't really have the best second half. Still found a way to win the game, though, and being up 30, you're probably not going to blow that game, especially with that Celtics lineup. I'm going to have the Celtics winning this series in four or five games. As I said, I'm just going to go with five games because I feel like Atlanta could find a way to have a scrappy win like they did against Miami. I think they could have a scrappy win versus Celtics. John Collins, Trey Young, two pieces there that have been there the last few years. And then they also have a new addition to their lineup over the last year and DeJounte Murray, who they got from the San Antonio Spurs in a trade, who hasn't been the greatest pairing with Trey Young. I mean, they've found ways to win some games and lose some games. They've been mediocre just about all year around 500. I'm going to the Celtics winning this series in five games. Now for my Western Conference semifinals, I have the Denver Nuggets versus the LA Clippers. I have the Clippers going to another seven-game series here, and I have the Clippers beating the Denver Nuggets in seven. As I said, I'm not going to pick against the LA Clippers, as everyone would expect. I'm going to have the Clippers winning the NBA Finals. I don't think it's really a surprise to anyone. I'm going to have Clippers winning this in seven games. Hopefully, they get Paul George back for the start of this series. And if you look at the Denver Nuggets and what they've been able to do against the Clippers over the last few years in Denver, the Clippers have been struggling heavily shooting the ball in Denver. But I think the Clippers can find a way to beat the Suns. They can beat any team in the West. If you can beat Kevin Durant, then I think you can beat any team in the West. So I'm going to take the Clippers winning this series in seven games. Denver has been a very good team in the playoffs, or before the playoffs, I should say, over the last couple of years. But they find ways to lose in the playoffs every single year. I never really had the biggest faith in them, even though they are a team to fear because of Nikola Jokic and Aaron Gordon. Two big men that I think the Clippers could struggle against in a seven-game series in the paint. But I'm going to go with the Clippers winning this series in seven games. Next up, we have the Sacramento Kings versus the L.A. Lakers. And even though I want to say Sacramento in the series, I have them beating Golden State, which is probably somewhat of a hot take to some, somewhat not of a hot take to others. I already have them beating Golden State. I think winning just a playoff series would be such a big win for them. Even just making the playoffs is obviously an accomplishment, but winning a playoff series would be huge for the city of Sacramento and obviously in all their fans and the players as well and what they're building there. I'm going to have the Lakers, though, winning this series over Sacramento in six games. I think Sacramento, I love their young talent. I think they're just about a year away, maybe one more addition, and now they're going to get a year of playoff experience, whether or not they win the first-round series versus the Golden State Warriors or not. I don't think they're going to the Western Conference Finals. I have the L.A. Lakers going to the Western Conference Finals to match up with the L.A. Uh, LA Clippers. So we have the Battle of L.A. in the Western Conference. As for the Eastern Conference, I have the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Cleveland Cavaliers as a matchup. I have the Milwaukee Bucks winning that series in six games. I think when Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton are fully healthy, I don't really know many teams that can match up with them in the East besides the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Boston Celtics. And even then... I don't think anybody can beat them in the East. I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks beating the Cleveland Cavaliers in six games. Then we have the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Boston Celtics. I have the Celtics beating them six games in that series. The Celtics have found ways to beat the Sixers in the playoffs for Joe Embiid's entire career. He said that the Celtics always beat them, and that's not really a rivalry. He said that a few years ago now, and the Celtics do. That's, I mean, it's not a fact. They it, it is a fact. It's not something you can really argue. They do find a way to beat the Sixers every year in the playoffs. So I'm going to have the Celtics winning that series in six games. 
So, for my Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals matchups, I have the L.A. Clippers versus the L.A. Lakers. I have the Clippers winning that series in six games. As I said, Paul George will prob- probably will be back for the Western Conference semifinals if the Clippers can find a way to win that series. And if they have Paul George back, I don't know any team in the West that would say, oh, I want to play the Clippers. Because, yeah, the Clippers could lose to the Suns with or without Paul George, but I don't think the Suns want to play the Clippers if Paul George were to be healthy. I don't think anybody wants to draw a team with the Clippers with two great superstars in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in all their depth, especially when the Clippers were rolling right before Paul George's injury. I don't think anybody wants to draw that team. I think the Clippers could be too much for the Lakers, especially considering the Lakers don't really have as much depth as the Clippers have. I'm going to have the Clippers winning that series in six games. Then we have the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference. The Celtics were able to beat the Milwaukee Bucks in seven games last year in the Eastern Conference semifinals without Chris Middleton, though, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Now Middleton's back. The Celtics do have Malcolm Brogdon now, so they've each made additions since then. Obviously, Middleton was on the Bucks last year, but it was hurt. And the Celtics added Brogdon over the summer. But I'm going to have the Milwaukee Bucks winning this series in seven games. So now my NBA Finals matchup is what I had before the start of the season. I had the LA Clippers versus Milwaukee Bucks, and I'm going to have the LA Clippers winning this series in seven games. I think it's going to be a great series if that were to be the case. It would be Paul George and Kawhi Leonard with Russell Westbrook versus True Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think that would be a great playoff matchup. And Brooke Lopez has been great for them in the paint. He's been unreal for the Brooklyn Nets in the paint, making plays all season for them. Great defensively, and he's been even shooting a little bit as well and scoring for them. He's been great for them. I think Zubats and him would be a really good matchup. Then you have Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kawhi Leonard. And then you have Paul George and Chris Middleton with Drew Holiday versus Russell Westbrook. I think it would be a great NBA Finals matchup. I have the Clippers beating them in seven games. So I have the Clippers winning in seven games, seven games, six games, seven games. It would be an absolute dogfight for them if that were to be the case and if that's how things unraveled. But it's not really a surprise to anyone that I have the Clippers winning the NBA Finals because of how big of a fan I am. But obviously, I know a lot of people that are listening to this are going to be Celtics fans around here in Boston. So if the Celtics were to match up versus the Clippers, that would be a great playoff finals matchup as well. I think that would obviously make for a great storyline. It obviously would be interesting between me, me, my friends, and my family with everybody knowing I'm a huge Clippers fan. That'd obviously be a great rivalry there if they could find a way to make the Clippers and the Celtics the NBA Finals matchup. If both teams could make that happen, obviously it would make for an interesting storyline in my house, my family, my friends, and then obviously just in general in the basketball world. With the Clippers going all in, getting Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in 2019, they really just haven't had any luck injuries-wise. They've been waiting to win an NBA Finals. They've never won an NBA Finals. They've only gone to one Western Conference Finals run ever, and that was in the 2021 playoff run. Then you have the Celtics, who lost in the NBA Finals last year to the Golden State Warriors. A very good young duo there and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who've been waiting to win an NBA Finals now. That'd be a great storyline, if that were to be the case. But ultimately, before the season began, I had the Clippers playing the Milwaukee Bucks in the Finals. And I had the Clippers winning that, I believe. So I'm going to roll with that just because that was my prediction at the end of the season, or before the season, and now that it's the end of the season and start of the playoffs, I'm going to roll with that and keep it. So that concludes this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it and hope you guys have a good one. Enjoy the NBA playoff first round. As I said, game one has already happened in four series, and now game one of another four series begins today. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. I appreciate it and hope you guys have a good one. Thank you.